ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The European Commission has extended its authorisation of the controversial weed killer glyphosate by a decade. Authorisation in EU countries was set to expire on December 15 after a one-year extension was given. Farmers globally were worried the Commission wouldn't renew its approval given strong pressure from anti-glyphosate campaigners and claims glyphosate is a health hazard. CropLife Chief Executive Matthew Cossey says without access to the chemical, which kills a broad spectrum of weeds, food production would have been affected. Glyphosate's a crucial tool for farmers here in Australia, but uh, equally in Europe and around the world. So it's good to see that uh, the European Commission's uh, made the decision, which is based on all the independent expert scientific advice. The one great advantage we have in Australia is we have an independent science-based regulatory system. It doesn't involve politics, just made on data and uh, expert assessment. The European system gets a little more convoluted than that. And while all their independent agencies endorse the uh, uh, approval of glyphosate uh, and the European Commission's own expert committees have, it then also nominally needs to be approved at a political level. And they've struggled even to get that meeting to have quorum. So the European Commission's decision is a good common sense one and one that uh, confirms uh, the uh, importance of glyphosate. And this, I believe, follows the assessment by the European Food and Safety Authority as well. That's right, their Food and Safety Authority, their uh, chemical expert committees, um, along with all the independent scientific regulators within each of the EU countries have all uh, done the assessments. Really, it's uh, just a a matter of uh, good common sense uh, decisions. One, obviously, very important for European farmers, but also uh, important for Australian farmers so that we don't see European sort of uh, agricultural politics get in the way of any of our export markets. On that note, what implications would an EU ban on glyphosate, for example, have on the Australian grain growers? Well, I don't think we've seen European politics has got so ridiculous that they ban it, but it would uh, cause some uh, difficulties. That would be going to uh, products that are banned in Europe um, means that there's challenges with exporting to that market for Australian farmers who do use it. This is one of the really important issues, particularly around trade and particularly while the EU over recent times and, and recently in an attempt to get a free trade agreement have sought to enforce farming practices on farmers in Australia and around the world that they wish to impose there. And that's something that we need to be very cautious of because as I said in Australia, the decisions made here are made by independent expert regulators based on evidence. And as we've just seen earlier this year with the uh, ABARES report, Australian farmers are some of the best practice and uh, most uh, environmentally sustainable farmers in the world. So we need to protect good agronomic policy here and we can't let trade issues warp that. So I think that's why uh, overall, uh, both for Australia and for Europe and globally, it's good to see some common sense finally come through in the European Commission. Last December, it was extended by 12 months. This time it's a 10-year agreement. What, why do you think there's been such a large jump in how long this is going to last? I think the European Commission and all their expert bodies recognise there's uh, no reason for it not to be extended at least 10 years, and really it should just be indefinitely. All the evidence is there about its importance, its safety, and why it's a critical tool for farming. And I think uh, really we're just seeing them move through their political process. It is 
again, one of those bizarre things that happens in European politics that they have what should be pure, independent scientific decisions uh, get caught up in politics. And again, one of the advantages we have here in Australia that we see less of that with our own expert independent regulators. The World Health Organisation, though, their cancer research agency has ruled it is potentially carcinogenic, though. Does that concern you? The uh, research there uh, does the research on all sorts of products. It also identified, you know, aloe vera as a possible carcinogenic and the like. That's not about the actual safety of products that contain glyphosate, though. Every independent expert regulatory body around the world has confirmed its safety. That's the research that goes on about the glyphosate and why it needs to be regulated. And so that's the thing that often gets lost in that research. That's why we do have these products heavily regulated. And that's why they are safe to use because they're controlled, the quality is controlled, how they're used and following label instructions all goes to ensure that there is no risk with these products. To your knowledge, has any country banned glyphosate at this stage? I believe they uh, banned uh, glyphosate, in fact, nearly all chemistry in Sri Lanka a couple of years ago. We saw a bizarre decision which is why it's so important to be vigilant about a good public policy around agriculture and that we make those decisions on science because they caused a massive disaster to their farming sector. They essentially caused a famine in their own country and about 12 months after making that decision, which went against all the expert, independent expert advice they got, they changed that decision. Has this approval come with any new conditions or restrictions? No, I don't believe so. Uh, On the advice, uh, it is simply uh, that the product's registration is continued. And of course, though, like all these products here in Australia, Europe and around the world, they are highly regulated and there are best practice uses. There are strict label instructions and they should always be adhered to. That's Matthew Cossey. He's the Chief Executive of CropLife, speaking with Jane McNaughton. So the EU has renewed and the approval of glyphosate for another 10 years, but the Commission did include new conditions, including the setting of maximum application rates. The EU is a major export market for Australian producers, and Andrew Whitelaw from the market analysis company Episode 3 says the extension is good news for Australian producers. Look, I don't think it's a major surprise that they continued the approval of it. I think it's a chemical that hasn't yet got any sort of replacements available yet. So I think they are going to keep it. Uh, I do think it's sort of interesting because they do have other policies on the way which will reduce the, uh, uh, the amount of pesticides, fertilisers used in Europe, and increase the amount of organic farming, which sort of flies in the face of this because, well, they are going to be using less, which means they'll produce less. And if you look at Australia as a country... We import about 14 to 15% of our agricultural chemicals from Europe. The majority of them come from China, which we know in the past has been a problem in terms of supply chains. If Europe stops producing as much because they're not using as much locally, it will mean that we'll be far more reliant on China again on another agricultural product, which we've had issues with in the past with DAP, MAP and other sort of fertilisers. So that's one potential change, I guess, for the Australian market. That's a potential change, and, that, and we're talking sort of 2030 onwards, but it's not that long really till, till 2030 at this point. That's true. Uh, any other impacts to the market do you think this will have? No, I think it's just, look, it's probably one of the, the good things is that it means that it's a product that's approved in Europe, so that means that we shouldn't face any issues using glyphosate on our uh, products. We won't get any of that green diplomacy where we're told... Uh, we can't use glyphosate on our products because it's still a product that is used within 
Europe. The problem we would have had is if Europe banned it for their farmers and we were still allowed to use it, there's potential we could face tariffs, get most like for our canola, which is our biggest agricultural product into Europe. Yeah. I guess, what do you think the long-term future for glyphosate is then? Look, I think it doesn't necessarily matter about the science of it. I think that's the issue we have is that over time we we may see some of these products coming out of the marketplace but I think they can only come out of the marketplace if there's replacements. You can't just go decide to go all organic or whatnot. You've actually got to have something to replace it because we still need to produce enough food and glyphosate is one of the tools in the tool chest that we have. Andrew Whitelaw speaking with Annie Brown. But some producers say they are keen to move away from synthetic pesticides Tammy Jonas is a livestock producer and butcher and the president of the Australian Food Sovereignty Alliance. She says the EU's decision is a step backwards. We were at the Biodiversity COP in Montreal in December where the global biodiversity framework was agreed upon by all of the nations of the world. And Target 7 actually calls for a reduction by half of the risk from pesticides to um, environment and human health. And so this, to me, seems to be counter to that, given that those countries were in those meetings and agreed to that target. So it seems pretty retrograde to be extending one of the most ubiquitous chemicals in the system instead of trying to dial it back. Coming from a food sovereignty and an agroecology perspective, we sort of reckon there needs to be a transition to a totally different way of farming. I do think there's a responsibility on all of us, but in particular governments, to show some leadership in how to transition farms to more biodiverse production methods using integrated pest management. You know, there are lots of tools in the organic farmers toolbox as well, even though some of those may be imperfect. You have broadacre organic farmers not using glyphosate. So we know it can be done. And I would say that we need to be making that transition rather rapidly, given the biodiversity loss and climate change from the production of of, um, agrochemicals as well. Given that the decision has been made now by the EU, what kind of knock-on effects do you expect that to have in Australia? Some farmers were relieved that it means that they maintain markets in the EU to to ship glyphosate-treated produce to. I did see there were some prohibitions included in the extra 10 years, including not being able to use it for a late harvest desiccant. So I know that's how it's used sometimes in Australia, and that might change some of our practices towards more environmentally sound practices as well. It just might be a slower transition than some of us had hoped.